Entrepreneur MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halastic. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halastic. I'm co-founder of Financing Solutions. Over the last 25-plus years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range. Two of them have been on the Inc. 500 fastest-growing companies in the United States, and I can't tell you how important it is uh, for businesses to have a line of credit. Um, over those 25 years, I've had a line of credit almost a lot of those years. I can tell you how hard it was for me to work with commercial banks and my business partner with Financing Solutions and I 12 years ago decided to uh, start a, a company that made it easy for small businesses to get a line of credit. It's just such a good thing to have in place for emergencies or even if you just want to invest in your business. So we started Financing Solutions. Our line of credit program is easy to get in place. It's inexpensive when used and it costs nothing to set up and nothing until you use it. So makes it a great cash back, a plan that everyone should have in place. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com, or give us a call at 862-207-4118. If you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. And just remember the time to set up your line of credit is when you don't need it. So when you do need it, it is ready to go. And considering it doesn't cost anything, to set it up or until it's used, that makes complete sense to get it ready to go. Today, I'm very excited to be speaking with Adrian Toby from Groundhog. Um, Adrian helps agencies and small businesses launch, grow, and scale with proven advice and results-driven WordPress, WordPress plugins. And we'll be getting into more details on what he does and the WordPress plugins as well. So I'd like to welcome Adrian to the Entrepreneur MBA podcast. Well, I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So today's topic is how to reduce customer turn with onboarding. But before we get into it, let's find out a little bit more about Adrian. Adrian, how did you kind of get involved in, uh, well, let's talk about the businesses that you have and how you got involved with it. Absolutely. So uh, as with many other entrepreneurs and business owners, it always starts out in the family business. Uh, so while I was going to uh, university, University of Toronto, studying computer science, uh, I was working with my parents and their digital marketing agency, um, building websites, creating campaigns, sending emails on behalf of clients, and just doing doing your typical digital marketing agency stuff, ad campaigns, Facebook ads, Google ads, what have you. Uh, and I was the code jockey. I would you know, create, write the code that needed to be written. I would build the websites, design the landing pages. I would uh, piece together different kinds of softwares or legacy things that our clients would bring. It's like, hey, we need this to work with our website and we need this to work with our website. And uh, we predominantly worked with a, uh, with a software called WordPress, which is a prolific CMS. It powers uh, over 35 to 37% right now of the top, t- top 10 million uh, websites uh, at the moment, prolific brands, Disney.com, uh, New York Times.com, uh, a whole host of news sites, really. And we would migrate all of our clients over to WordPress. Uh, and as our experience evolved in the agency, we added tools like CRM and marketing automation implementation. 
Uh, so customer relations management and marketing automation. And we would marry that in some way, shape, or form to the WordPress website. Um, and when we started doing that seven years ago, um, the tools that existed to make that happen were not easy to work with and not cheap. And there were a lot of deficiencies in sort of integrating the front-end website, the user experience, where leads go and find out about the product, maybe buy things through the e-commerce experience, and marrying that to the, sort of the administrative back-end, where a sales agent might go in and try to look at reports and see how certain things are performing. Uh, and there was just a lot of missing pieces and a lot of data points. And so after identifying those deficiencies, we're like, well, we could probably build a product that works within the WordPress framework as a, as a plugin that automatically integrates with all of the other tools that this company might be using. And we can make it sort of like this all-in-one solution so that they can go in, they can manage their leads, they can manage the contacts, they can send emails, and they can host their website and build landing pages and their products and all of that in one sort of unified system. Uh, and that's what we're doing today. We've been doing that since 2018. We're serving around 2,800 businesses in 45 countries around the world. Okay, cool. So let's talk about a little bit about customer onboarding. Um, uh, you know, I know today's topic is going to be how to reduce customer turn with onboarding, but you know, let's just make sure we get this on, out of the way. What exactly is onboarding? So let's uh, take financing and applying for financing as as an example. Um, a small business looking for financing goes to fscreditline.com and they're met with some blog articles, they're met with a call to action. That call to action is most likely you know, apply now, apply for a credit line. You're going to need a, cer a certain amount, level of information, first name, last name, email address, phone number, how much you're looking for. Uh, you know, how long you've been in business, sort of the typical stuff, right? You don't, you want to make sure that you're only, you know, supplying businesses that are probably going to make it. <laughs> and uh, so you have this intake form, you collect that information. Where does that information go? Does it just like get sent in an email to, to Joe Blow sales rep and it's on them in order to sort of input that data or do with that data, call the lead, whatever. Or does that go into a CRM along with all of the other leads where you can filter and search and action that data. So lead goes to fscreditline.com. They submit that form if using marketing automation CRM or, or, or putting in place some form of customer onboarding system. What that lead is going to experience is a series of automated but personalized interactions with your organization with the sole purpose of either A, getting them on some sort of like Zoom call with a sales rep or a phone call with a sales rep or getting them to fill out whatever additional information that you're going to need in order to approve their credit line. So that might be um, once they fill out that intake form, they get a link to book a Calendly link or book a Calendly meeting or some sort of meeting booking system. And if they don't do that, then they get added to some sort of onboarding nurture sequence where you provide them a host of educational material in order to incentivize them or convince them that, hey, listen, getting a credit line is going to be a great idea. Blog articles like, hey, listen, you know, if you're cash strapped and you got to make payroll, you know, you're going to wish that you have a credit line in your back pocket that you can dip into temporarily. Something along the lines of that or customer success stories like, hey, listen, X 
business was saved uh, with their credit line when they couldn't meet payroll this one month, and then the next week things went gangbusters and they were fine. Things like that. And you want to be able to tell these leads that have yet to take that next step that these resources exist. Uh, and that's going to further them towards that main process that we want them to complete, that book a call or getting a call with an agent. On the administrative side, while, while that is happening, we've sent this lead into your sales pipeline where your sales agent can log in and monitor the progress of all current deals at the moment, see which ones are high priority, low priority, which ones have the greatest probability of closing within the next 30 days so they can better allocate their time. They can see, all right, well, I am personally going to be able to close maybe 30% of these deals for a total amount of perceived revenue in that period of time. Uh, so they can just work more efficiently and work on the deals that are most likely to go through. So all that being said, that is really what the power of like adding CRM and marketing automation to like that kind of business would look like. So step one is we get the lead and we take that data, we put it in the CRM, uh, we get them to do some kind of call to action, book a meeting. And if they don't do that, then we're going to send them onboarding emails like to, for the purpose of education. Right, educating them about the product, about the benefits of the product, about the potential disadvantages if they don't have a product like this, uh, and then continuing to to essentially push that call to action, that book a meeting, and then giving the sales agents the the tools that they need in order to identify what would probably be better business than others uh, and where to focus their attention. Okay. Well, today's uh, today's topic is how to reduce customer turn with onboarding. So, are we are we talking about customer turn or uh, are we talking about prospect turn? It can be both. It works both ways. So, uh, a lot of businesses make the mistake that the education and the and the the selling process stops after someone buys something. And that's a that's a big mistake because a lot of us have 30-day, 14-day, 60-day refund guarantees, <laughs> uh, which makes it you know incredibly easy for someone with potential buyer's remorse to just say, you know what, never mind, or if this isn't right for me. Uh, and if we're billing month to month and we have some sort of like monthly recurring subscription, the barrier to canceling that is often very, very low. And, you know, if someone's got a choice between, all right, I'm going to pay for this, I'm going to pay for this, are they going to choose you over something else? And so the selling process and the customer satisfaction process is constant. It is evolving and ever-changing and having tools in place to continue to educate, nurture, and continue to really sell your solution. Uh, happens well after someone actually gives you credit card information. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about reducing customer churn with onboarding. So let's take an example. I am a subscription business. I I sell software, so I am a subscription business. (laughs) Uh, And for SaaS businesses, this is sort of imperative, right? So once someone signs up, maybe for a free trial, Right. And within that 14 days, you have like that amount of time to really say, you know, we have your credit credit information on file. We want you to keep paying. We don't want to cancel. And you have 14 days to sort of make that case. Within that 14 days, you generally have like some sort of 
eureka moment in the customer journey that is going to determine whether a client stays with you long-term or cancels within that trial period. For a lot of CRM or, or marketing automation companies, it's sending a broadcast email or importing the customer list. That's generally like the eureka moment that someone's like, all right, well, that was easy and I'm now invested and I'm going to continue forward, right? So a lot of our education and a lot of the emails and the nurture and the blog posts that we send to this client within that period of time is all around, here's how you upload your list. Here's how you send a broadcast email. Here's how you get value out of this product before you have the opportunity to cancel (laughs) or not give us any money, right? And then after that 14 days, they've signed up, they've had that eureka moment. And now it's like, they need to keep seeing value. Because if they don't keep seeing value, then they're just like, well, what am I paying for? Right? So well past the point of collecting a credit card, we're sending education. It's like, well, here is a unique strategy that you can deploy in your business in order to grow leads 10%. Uh, Or here is uh, a new feature that you can use to reduce churn by 4%. Or, you know, some we're, we're constantly adding value to their experience in order to prevent that kind of abandonment action. And the best way to do that, and it's like literally impossible for like an employee or like a person to stay on top of everyone in on your list. Like if you have thousands of customers, it is physically impossible for someone to like look through the list, like, all right, well, this person's been on our list for like 30 days. I have to send them a blog post to be like, hey, this is how you get value. Like, like no one's going to do that. <laughs> or it'd be a very menial task. Uh, and that's why we have tools like CRM and, and marketing automation. And there's a lot of companies that do it, mine included, to allow you to create these customer journeys so when people reach certain stages of your customer lifecycle, they get that educational material automatically. It's in their inbox. It's ready for them to consume. And counting on people to like go to your blog and consume that on their own, it's like, we don't do that anymore. We have push notifications. When a new episode of like The Mandalorian on Netflix comes out, like I get a push notification and that's how I know that that content is now available uh, and that I can get value from that content. So we, as businesses, are solely responsible for informing the customer about these resources that we have. And if we're counting on them to do it themselves or if we're doing it manually, you're really just shooting yourself in the foot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let me, let's just take your own business, for example. Uh, when you look at um, uh, customer turn, are you, do you, are you looking at like, one is one of your KPIs looking at um, what customers didn't renew? Is that one of your KPIs or? It should be a KPI for every business right. is churn. So Especially you, if so many move to that sort of subscription model. Right. So when, when, what, what, you have, what have you found about why customers are, are uh, uh, not working with you now? Uh, why they didn't renew? What, you know, do you, do you, how do you typically track that type of information? Uh, so in the event that like, you know, you've tried everything and someone decides, hey, listen, I'm giving up and I'm, I'm canceling or whatever. It happens. And there's lots of reasons that happen. In the WordPress space, the vast majority, over 80% of it, is project failure. 
And uh, because the, the the barrier, like in my industry specifically, the barrier to WordPress is very low. Um, uh, the the pricing is very economical for a lot of uh, a lot of plugins and the suites that you would want to use. The pricing is very economical. All of it's open source. Plenty of hosting options available. So the barrier to entry is very low. So uh, someone who wants to start a new business can do so with very little friction. Um, and it doesn't always pan out the way that they want it to. And they go get a job or something happens and life happens and something gets in the way. So a lot of it is like after one year, right? It hasn't gotten anywhere and they haven't seen results uh, as much as the WordPress community is very invested in them actually seeing success within their own right. Uh, a lot of the times it's just, you know, 99% or 98% or whatever it is of small businesses fail within the first year. Uh, and a lot of it just comes down to, hey, listen, you know, I can no longer continue to invest in this project. The other side of it, you know, the, the, the rest of the churn breaks down into a few categories. Uh, they didn't see value. It wasn't a right fit for their business. Um, they, I don't know, in the CRM, in, uh, in the CRM industry in specific, there is a group of people that just kind of like hop from service to service, looking for the right fit that like perfectly fits their specific use case and then never find it. <laughs> and so they just, they hop and they just go and they, they invest a bunch of time and they can never really find out. And they can always come back. It's like they go in like a loop around like the major providers, like seeing if their recent updates have solved the specific problem that they were having. Um, the way that so, you track so, that. Yeah, that was what I was going to get to, how tracking. So, so when, at your own company, when people don't renew, when they cancel, do you, what, what do you have? And do you have what a happens? form? Yeah. yeah. Is there a form that comes up and says, uh, we're sorry to see you go. Could you please let us know what the reason was? Uh, you know, how do you usually, do you just follow up with a phone call? How do you do it? That's, ex well, that's exactly what happens. Like I have a small team. We can't call every single person. Um, so what we have is when someone clicks that cancel button, number one, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Did you know that you could do this, right? And we have sort of like that educational material as like a buffer. Um, and then like they click, yeah, are you sure? Well, then it's like, we're not going to continue to sort of like get in the way because what that's just going to do is get you a one-star review. And we don't want those, right? So once they cancel, there's a form that's like, hey, listen, where did we go wrong is the question that we ask. And we give them, we don't ask them to type anything out. Because people don't type stuff, right? It's like they, if they're canceling, it's because they're 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 probably not in like the best headspace at the moment. So like trying to get them to like type out this whole the whole like you know essay about why they're canceling is probably not going to get you very far. So we just give them options. We're like, and and the most common options like my project you know didn't make it or like I'm folding. Um, another option is this just wasn't a right fit for my business. Or uh, it didn't integrate with something that I needed it to, or something along those lines. We just give them like these bullet point options, and they click one, and then that informs our system to put that into a report. We have just basically like a pie chart of the different churn reasons that people click, and then we can use that to create content or create new products or features in order to essentially plug those holes in the product and in the customer journey. And then we also use those uh, different 
answers that they might provide to put them into some sort of nurture sequence specifically designed to to handle that objection. Right? So let's say they uh, select um, well, the most common one. My, my, my business didn't succeed, or I, I wasn't able to make it. We put them into a long-term nurture sequence, you know, talking about just general you know, business strategies and marketing practices. Like the vast majority of the reason why businesses don't make it is just a total ignorance of marketing. Like they don't post anywhere. They don't share anything. They don't sell anything. They don't whatever. It's like they, they, the build it and they will come mentality is prolific, uh, but it is incorrect. Um, there has to be some form of marketing in order for anybody to show up to your website and 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 purchase anything or or provide you with credit card information. So if they click that, then we just say, well, here's how you start marketing, right? Here's uh, steps that you can take in order that don't cost any money because if they're canceling at this point, they're not ready to invest any more money. So trying getting them to like invest in like Facebook ads or something is probably going to not work out very well. But here's some strategies that you can use to market your idea, your product or whatever without spending a dime in the interests of getting them to be reinvested in their own business so that they'll reinvest in ours. Uh, and then we follow that up with giving them like, basically like 30% off. We're like, hey, listen, if you resubscribe after you cancel, we just we just give them 30% off the next year of their of the entire subscription. We're just like, you know, would we rather like have their money and give them 30% off, or would we rather just like, no, we're not gonna give anybody a deal? It's like I'd rather just give them 30% off and, and take their money and help them succeed in their own dreams and their own ideas and help them sort of get past the start line. They don't, a lot of people don't get past the start line. And so we have an entire sequence dedicated to specifically that kind of education material if they click that option. I'm canceling because my business didn't make it. Right. So you, your, your premise is that um, a big part of onboarding customers to reduce turn is education. Is that it's what all saying? education. It's all helping, right? If uh, I, I was on a sales call, the other day, and and he and the, the person that I was talking to is was representing a, a fairly large nonprofit, and he got on the call, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm Adrian. I'm I'm the guy. Like, I run a small team. You know, I don't have like a, a, a thirty people in a sales room somewhere. Like, it's you know, I'm just happy to talk to you and, and share my knowledge." And I was like, "Wow, that's so crazy because I just got off of a sales call with a sales agent that it must have been like their first day there." Uh, and they were just really like going gung hard on like on selling me like the specific plan. I'm like, hey, listen, if you got questions, I will provide you with the educational material that you need in order to answer those questions for yourself, right? Or just provide you the answer that you're looking for. Like, do I need a dedicated IP to send an email? The answer is no, you don't. It's actually probably going to do you more harm than good. Uh, and I was just totally just be like, how can I help you sort of like get your project past the start line? Um, and the person in the business that is capable of doing that the fastest is the one that is going to win the lead, going the one, the one that's going to win the client. Okay. So, doesn't seem like information overload, though. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, what what percentage of the time when you give someone a thirty percent discount at the end, do they do they still subscribe? Fifteen percent. Okay. That's the number. Mm -hmm. Well, that's still okay. Um, so, 
So, you know, going back to like, when I think of onboarding, I think of collecting documents. I think of, uh, you know, of getting everybody, uh, making the process easy. Is that what you're, is that what you're talking about here? Well, education is just about making something that's difficult easier, isn't it? Well, it seems like a lot of work to me, honestly, to to kind of give people lots of information. But uh, I mean, the term of onboarding uh, is 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 the whole process of, of bringing a customer on board, right? That's the the word onboarding. So, h- how are you making it easier to onboard clients? So, the process of making onboarding easier is is kind of two steps. Number one, you have to have resources to provide education. So like, for example, in our own business, we have courses, we have a YouTube channel, we have documentation, we have a blog, and we have all of these different resources that have been built over time organically through no other than me taking my time and putting my knowledge into words, into videos, and whatever. And that is a crucial part of the process. But the second part of that process is distribution. Right. And CRM marketing automation is the method of distributing that knowledge at key points in the customer journey to get someone to have that eureka moment, to get them past the start line, to make sure that they're going to be a lifetime customer, and then continuing to distribute that knowledge to them when it matters to them. Right. At the points in their customer life cycle that they're going to need that information to avoid an abandonment action. Okay. And the second part, you said there was two parts. Yeah. So the first part is we have to have those resources. The second part is being able to distribute those resources okay. through with, yeah. So that's the two parts. So content okay. resources and distribution. So again, your premise is that the better targeted information you can give to your clients or prospects, the more likely it is that they will not leave your company. Exactly. That's, that's the premise. If we can provide someone the education that they need to be successful with your product, when they need it, if there's that's going to help them make get them to be successful, and then they're not going to leave. A lot of us, you know, we're like, all right. So a lot of our education is pre-sales, is pre pre-purchase, and we invest a lot of time in in that process, and rightly so because it needs to be there. And then once they sign up, it's like, okay, well, they signed up, job done, and that is just a recipe for for creating or or fostering the ecosystem of of allowing churn within your business. Okay, I get it. So, uh we have a couple of minutes left. Is there anything else that you kind of want to add to this this whole topic of reducing customer churn? Uh as more and more businesses uh move to sort of this like subscription model, uh there's there's still a lot of businesses that haven't, but if you're one of those businesses that's kind of eyeing it, I'm thinking, hey, listen, that having a subscription might be something beneficial to my business. Having tools uh, that can clearly tell you that that metric churn and understanding it are are going to make a huge impact. And there's a lot of them out there. Uh, there's like there's there's Metarit and Metric and Chart Mogul and and Groundhog and uh, there's lots of services that integrate with the popular tools that are out there and Stripe and PayPal and so on and um, investing in that knowledge, whether it be with Groundhog or any other organization, is going to be so incredibly worthwhile. 
so if there's anything that you take from from this conversation, it's that understanding that metric uh, is going to allow you to invest in places in you bus- in your business that you may have not realized that needed investment. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So I'd like to thank so very much, Adrian, Toby from Groundhog for coming on today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. And Adrian, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, so there, I'm in a couple places. So if you uh, liked this conversation, want to hear other ones like it, you can go to adriantoby.com and this this conversation will be there and some of my other conversations are there as well. Uh, if you are interested in Groundhog, the CRM and marketing automation product, you can go to Groundhog with 2 gsio and uh, you can go through our own onboarding process. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, and for our listeners, if you're interested in getting any new business ideas, I tweet daily at Lessons for Business Owners at S. Halasnik, which is my name, S-H-A-L-A-S-N-I-K. And uh, about 25 years of experience, I don't tweet every day, but you know, maybe every three days I do. And it's usually something that I'm either working on or thinking about or something that I remember. It's usually really, really good stuff coming from experience. And I want to thank all of you for listening. And just remember today what we talked about. I think one of the most important things, this first thing, is know your KPIs about customer turn um, and prospect turn. Know why people are uh, abandoning uh, filling out any type of forms or applications that they need, why they're coming to your sites and not doing what you're asking them to do. Information is the key. If you can't track it, you can't manage it, is an old saying that's still true today. And uh, then when you're looking at uh, other parts in that process, it's so much easier to get a client or prospect. Well, let's say a client first, certainly easier to keep a client uh, interested in your company than it is for you to go find new people to be interested in your company. So, you know, keeping your existing clients happy is always key. And knowing why they're leaving is also important. And then grouping that into your KPIs so you can address it is really a smart business practice. So for all for all the rest of you out there, um, the weather's starting to change. Um, I think this whole coronavirus now is going to be behind us in the summer, which I think we're all excited about. And so get out there, try to enjoy, smell the roses when they start blooming and, uh, and take good care of yourself so that you can run your business really well. Everybody have a fantastic day and it was good speaking with you today and Adrian as well.